that's the point. People mostly didn't get it. What I think's interesting, and this ought to be particularly interesting to you, John O'Bacon, is the word for this the word for this kind of um sort of a document, sort of a presentation, sort of a notes taking thing with lots of bits taken from different places and all woven together into a whole. The word for this used to be multimedia. And that's literally what your degree is in. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to keep that a secret. Friends and enemies, this is Bad Voltage, Season 3, Episode 15. Hello, chaps. How are you? Very good. Doing well. Mostly. Living the kind of dream. Jeremy sort of leans over to the microphone and nods and then goes, silence. Oh, yeah, doing okay. <laughs> which is which is great on a podcast. <laughs> it is. Um, but yes, so this week um, we have a bunch of news, none of which we're going to talk about. That's true. It's in the Google Doc. You should go and read it, everyone. <laughs> yeah, we should be. Um, but, but we can't have it in the Google Doc because it's not collaborative enough. Um, That's true. It's great content, though. Look at that foreshadowing. Wow. I know. Isn't it great? We are going to talk about collaborative workspaces. Yes, we are. And you may be thinking, what the hell are collaborative workspaces? And that's, What's that? And that's what we will... Why is that, Dad? And we will <laughs> explain now. Fasten your seatbelts, everybody. We're going to talk about documents. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. <laughs> I will go ahead and unfasten my seatbelt. <laughs> seatbelt is is fully loosened. So, um, bit of backstory here. Um, a little while back, so my wife Eric and I do little investments um, from time to time. I believe this is known as angel investing, which I don't feel sufficiently describes how we're doing it. Uh, or you know, that's the wrong way of describing what we're doing. Little investments here and there, and we uh, were reached. Uh, this company reached out to us called Coda. Um, and we saw it and it's really pretty interesting what they do. And I want to talk about what Coda is first of all, but then to make this discussion more about a trend that we're all seeing in kind of documents and how people collaborate together. So for those of you not seen Coda, it's basically, it looks like a Google doc when you log into it, right? You can add text and bold and italics and all that kind of stuff, but then you can click on a little button and you can add almost like widgets. So one, for example, could be adding a, a table where you've got some data listed, but then you can add a view which would look like a Kanban board, kind of like Trello, and it will pull from that data. But then you could create, for example, another document elsewhere in Coda that could display, let's say, a graph and pull the information from the same table. So essentially, you can create documents that are much richer in form, uh, because part of this, and we'll get to this in a second, uh, is Coda will integrate with many, many other platforms. So for example, you could display the most recent um, you know, events on your Google Calendar. You can even display like which music you listen to on Spotify. But documents stop becoming a place where you just have text and the embedded images, and you can make them much more interactive, and you can actually use live data sources. So we had never seen this. Uh, we thought it was interesting. We did a little bit of digging. We found there's other platforms like Notion, and of course, there's Airtable as well, which is a little different, which we'll get to in a second. 
But what was exciting to me, especially, was this new type of pseudo-document app kind of thing, right? And I think people are sick and tired of hundreds and hundreds of Google Docs or Office 365 Docs that are all static in nature, that get abandoned, and the idea of having much more focused, much more interactive documents. So there are, Coda's not the only one, and I don't want to make this all about Coda. There is another option here, which is Notion. And Ak, you've been playing with Notion, right? Because it's similar in principle. I have been playing with Notion. I I hadn't used it before. I, I'd obviously heard about the whole... Which, uh, something you said there, the whole document... Uh, collaboration thing. No one seems to come up with a very good name for it. Yeah, the best thing. No, I, it, yeah. The best thing I've heard so far is collaborative workspaces. Saying which makes you sound like a complete ass. Um, plus, it sounds. This like, is a man who doesn't like the word content. People, yeah, doesn't like the true. word content for similar reasons. Um, <laughs> but no <laughs> one seems it. to have come up with a good punchy way of describing this in such a way that people get it. That's and, true. And we'll yeah. get onto that because that's at the the root of my dissatisfaction with this whole concept, I think. But I wanted to try out Notion because I hadn't used it. And so I spent a while uh, playing around with it. I haven't done anything, um, uh, I don't know what you call it, production ready with it. But I did try um, uh, collecting some uh, notes and uh, tracking some stuff on a semi-real project. So I got a sense of how I might use it. And it is... How can I put this? Uh, from my Bollocks. Po- from my point of view, <laughs> no, 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 it's perfectly good at what it does. I was expecting the criticism to start just no. spewing out of you. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, I have no objection to, and I think that uh, is, and uh, I'm quite impressed with the technical implementation of this thing. It is quite a competent uh, execution of a of a solution. I'm not sure anybody really needs, as far as I can tell. <clears throat> if you um, shear away all the stuff about how it'll revolutionize your life through collaborative workspaces and everything, what it actually is is it's a personal wiki, but instead of the uh, instead of just getting a text area, you get the WordPress Gutenberg editor to edit things in. Right. So if you've used <laughs> right. um, uh, WordPress five with its Gutenberg editor, you can now um, not you can now essentially create blocks different types of yep. things in a document. And one mm. of them might be text and one <clears> of them might be an image and so on. And um, part of WordPress's goal is that you can invent loads of other types of blocks and Notion has, it feels very similar to that to me. You've That's got a good analogy, a actually. Bunch a good of comparison, rather. Yep. blocks of things. And some of those are integrations with stuff. So you can pull in yep. an Airtable or if I just, um, uh, if I click on the little plus thing, you've got blocks which are, for creating things so they're a heading or they're a list or whatever and you've got ones which are a person or a date um or you've got another page somewhere else on your personal wiki and tables and graphs and things like that and images Mm. but you've also got um embedding a google map or a file from figma or a project from envision or uh, a board from miro or a type form code pen bunch of other stuff i haven't heard of like abstract and framer and whimsical <laughs> um <laughs> but as far as i can tell i think we're making up words at this point <laughs> well um 
Uh, if, <laughs> if you have a problem with people inventing stupid names for their startup, I'm probably not the person you want to start blaming. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, as far as I can tell, it's it's a jazzed up personal wiki. It, what it does for you is what Tiddly Wiki did. 15 years ago there's a blast from the Tiddly past wiki? wow <laughs> right um and it's quite useful and it would be relatively easy to turn a note document into something which was semi-publishable you know if you wanted to make a document which you could then show to other people great and um collaboration which i've not had the opportunity to test uh collaboration so it's but, very similar coder and notion are very similar in concept right, right? that well my understanding is that yeah but what i'm missing is this seems to be pitched as uh being uh, well i'm being slightly unfair the notion people aren't really pitching it like this but people talking about this whole area of collaborative workspaces seem to be pitching it as um, the next step in creating documents and cast all that old stuff aside and get with the new program. And it's just a jazzed up personal wiki. I don't get why it's cool. And so I'm interested <laughs> in your opinions on what I'm missing. Do you think that WordPress is just a jazzed up set of HTML pages? It's a good question. Um, I'd need you to unpack the question a bit because I could fairly easily make the case. I feel like I could fairly easily make the case. The answer is yes. Um, well, the, the, there's, there's the, a reason the, people use it. Don't get me wrong. And creating a document in this, you know, I'm not actually going to give someone tiddly wiki for God's sake. It's aggressively user hostile to use. Um, <laughs> and, and that's nice. Don't get me wrong. If you want to create a document and one of the things you want to do is embed a bunch of stuff in it and you want a pleasant, easy-to-use user interface to do that, um, Google Docs on steroids, then I think this is a very good way of doing it. And they, there's a lot of nice little technical touches in here, like um, uh, at the bottom of your list of blocks, when you want to put in a new block, You've got a little thing where you can just start typing and it creates a text block for you. Or if you hit slash shades of IRC, it lets you type in commands, which do right. things instead of fishing around and clicking. So it's got that sort of um, power user edge for people who are very into Notion without requiring you to be a power user. And that's great. You know, it's well, a lovely, the, the, it's a lovely the, way of creating documents. I just don't think it's revolutionary. I don't get what you can do with this that you can't do with Microsoft Word. Well, the, re the reason why I asked my question, and it was, it was obviously a leading question. <laughs> well, I think by the Lord Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the word, that, that describing something as jazzed up, in my mind, is where you take something that's very similar in, in, in concept. Um, and the criticism is it's basically the same as something else, but it's just prettier or it's better. Like the, a lot of people have referred to Matamos as pretty IRC or jazzed up IRC, for example, <clears throat> um, because they conceive it to be, or they perceive it to be basically the same kind of thing, but Matamos, uh, sorry, Matamos or Slack is just more beautiful kind of thing. Whereas I would argue that tools like Coda and Notion are really quite different to a Word document or really quite different to a, a Google Doc. I think they add a whole extra layer that makes it unfair to say. Then 
either you're seeing something that I haven't, or um, I don't believe the hype and you do it. I'm not sure which, but I'm interested in your argument. So, so to me, I think the value <laughs> of WordPress is clear. And I don't know that I would call it jazzed up HTML, but there was clearly, especially at the time where WordPress was launched, a desire for non-technical people to be able to launch and easily edit web content. And then on top of that, a rich ecosystem of plugins was built that allowed those websites to do a lot of things easily. Yes. And that, exactly. that was the yeah. value that, that WordPress was derived from and, and has grown consummate with that, yes. I think, value that it has produced, if you want to word it that way, since we're talking about investment in VCs. With, with Notion, and so I have used Notion a little bit. I've not used Coda a ton outside of a little bit of research for this show. I think the way Coda frames themselves is interesting. They want to, I think, get rid of the word docs as in plural, as you have Google Docs, and they want to just use doc. They are the all-in-one doc is what they pitch themselves as. So it's a spreadsheet yeah. and, a, and a Word doc and a niche workflow app all in a single kind of yeah. wiki. Yeah, so it's not like you have a, a Coda spreadsheet and a Coda document. Yeah. Right. It's just Coda. Right? Well, I think right. to me, Notion was more of a – it is a wiki. It's a personal collaborative workspace. But in the end, it's a wiki. And I think what Notion reminded me of is why I like opinionated tools. And I think Notion is so not opinionated that I, for me and for how I create and – consume knowledge, do, tries to do too much. It's decent at everything and excellent at nothing. And that's the opposite of the tools that personally tend to resonate with me. And it seems like Coda is similar. Uh, the one thing that was kind of cool about Coda is all the automations. Like They seem to be heavily leaning on automations as part of their story, where I think Notion mm. a little bit less so. So Agreed. I think that's where they're trying to differentiate themselves. I just, I don't know for me where this would fit into the tools that I use that would make me want to use it instead of other best-of-breed tools stitched together. Now, one thing that we were talking about when we were prepping for this show was Airtable. Airtable's kind of related, but a bit different. Now, Jeremy, you've used Airtable more than both of us. How would you describe that fitting in? So I've used Airtable the most and, and use it quite a bit. I think to me, what the value of Airtable is, and it's, they, I'm quite sure would not like this uh, comparison, but they're basically a very good modern version of access for the web where you can build good apps easily and stitch together a whole different things and present that data in a whole variety of ways with access controls per view in a way that it's easy. W what I think Airtable is, it's easy in a giant enterprise or large organization to do a lot of things where only two or three people have to be technical and they set everything up and everyone else can interact in a way that is structured and controlled and you can automate those workflows. So to me, Airtable is much more of a database first and everything else second. It doesn't do this wiki stuff. It's not even part of the platform. It doesn't do like, Coda has a thing now where you can set up your personal blog on Coda. Like that's not possible. That's not what Airtable does, right? They're about yep. views and databases and really building <clears throat> applications on top of that. Yeah, it's Where Microsoft I don't access. think Coda or Notion is about building building applications. Do I think they want to be called the modern day access? Probably not. Um, but I think that's a way to explain it very briefly in a way that most people will understand. People, people our age will, yeah. I mean, I think the days where the whole office were using one access application, which was built by the access application expert, are long past now. But yeah, that seems like a very good way of describing it to me. But While we were I, doing I, research for the show, Axed Olay, and that was such a blast from the past that I didn't even well, know how yeah. to myself. Now you see, I mean, I, br I brought that up, and I would bring it up again for a reason, which is um, there's a 
either disturbing or perspicacious, I'm not sure which trend, for Microsoft to come up with a good idea for a thing 10 years before everybody else adopts it. Right. Now for our younger for our younger listeners, explain what OLE is. Right. So um in the old days when you had Microsoft Office applications, um <coughs> you had Word and Excel and PowerPoint and whatever, um, and a bunch of other smaller ones. And they were very much um laws unto themselves. Word made word documents, Excel made spreadsheets, and so on. And then Microsoft came up with OLE. Um, object linking and embed, embedding. And the idea was that you could embed an Excel spreadsheet in your Word document if you wanted to. So the whole point was you'd be, you'd write a document about something. And then when you wanted to show, um, uh, you know, the, the, the sales figures for this year, you wouldn't create a table in Word and copy and paste data into it. You just embed that sheet from your actual Excel spreadsheet that tracked this stuff. And it was bringing them all together. And, I think that idea seems to be the same kind of idea that these um that the collaborative workspace stuff is going for that when you talk about integrations and things it's very much yeah don't, you don't feel like we have to be this is where I kind of disagree with Jeremy because the pitch is not we're trying to be a good tool at everything it's if you want to go ahead and use Airtable uh, or you want to use Figma to do your designs, or you want to use Envision to do your um, product workflow demonstration stuff, go ahead, do them in there, and then just embed that project in here, embed a Lucid chart or whatever. And as far as I can tell, I mean, that's, it's semi-cool, but it's just Olay. It's the stuff Microsoft invented 25 years ago as a response to the same need. Now, I don't necessarily think OLED was a particularly good implementation of it, as evidenced by the fact that they talked a big game about it and nobody really used it. But I do think that it was a technological response to the same not very well-defined goal that Notion and Coda and whatever are trying to do. This idea that it's silly, as you say, Jono, to have... 10 different documents um, and another 10 different things in different applications or other places. And what you want is some kind of all-encompassing, do-it-all-in-one-place thing because it's easy for people to understand. I agree with that. Obviously, there's also a massive business uh, reason for doing this because if you could position yourself as we are the product that subsumes everybody else's product, then trillion dollars for you which is why people keep trying to do this. But I'm not sure, and this is, I think, the key point that I want to dig into a bit here. This whole sort of intertwingled nature of all your data, how do you get people to understand this in such a way that you don't have to keep explaining it to them, that they intuitively get it? I think people can sort of see a need for this, but I don't think anyone's articulating their desire for it enough that it explains how to do it. So people sort of keep sort of vaguely stabbing at this problem with the let's put it all in one bucket idea, and it never seems to work. I don't get why this is different. It's doing the same thing that Google Wave was trying to do, right? So, so before we get onto that, because I think oh, that's okay. a re I think how you how you um 
how you help your prospective audience to understand what this is, I think is really interesting. And we should definitely dig into that. But I'm sure that there's some people listening to this and they're, they're kind of vaguely understanding what we're talking about, but probably don't have a real concrete idea of it. So just to provide a couple of examples that might bring it to life a little bit. Um, one, and these are coder examples, just because that's all I know. I'm sure that there's similar examples elsewhere. For example, there's this guy called Rahul, who was the, we mentioned Superhuman in a previous show, the CEO of Superhuman. He wrote this um, blog post about product market fit. And the basic idea is you research, you, you survey your, your audience, and then you can figure out what they want and what people love based upon how you slice and dice that survey data as an example, right? So he wrote a blog post about this. Um, but you had to kind of visualize the how that survey would be run. It was primarily just screenshots. So for example, he wrote the same article in Coda with a table with real data, and you could actually resort and 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 reformat the data based upon the article. So it'd say click on this to see this view of the data. So you could actually interact with it with the content. Is I think a good example of something like Coda. So that's using a table embedded in there. It's got a view of that, uh, which a graph view of that data table. So that's one example. Another example that I'm using, for example, right now with my business is when I have new opportunities, whether it's a potential client or whether it's just something else like a podcast or whatever, I add that into a table, but then I visualize that as a Kanban board because I tend to think like Trello, but I'm not a huge fan of Trello. Um, so that's another way in which you can embed these little kind of um, widgets, I guess you could say, into it. So I think that w what I think is fascinating about this is that you've got a real, a really rich canvas in which you can create any kind of document, right? But it's somewhere between a Google Doc and an app, right? So if you want to build anything, you build an app, right? You write code and you build something. Coder and Notion are not designed for people to write code. That's not their intended use case, right? It's intended for, I think, people like me. Well, people like any of us, really. So you can construct different views of how this data is is viewed and, and, and manipulated. But yeah. this weird mixture of a document and an app, and you can add buttons into coded documents, for example, where you can interact with the data. So for example, you can have a button that will add a new row into a table um, and then that that data can be referenced from multiple different documents all over the place. It's it's I understand it, and I understand the possibility of it. I think you two both understand it too, because we're techie kind of people. But for the average person who is running their little business, or somebody who works even in a bigger business, figuring out how you map that to the various problems that you've got, I think that's a fascinating challenge. That, I think, is the thing, because I guarantee you there would have been people in 2001 saying, watch this, I can write a document, and then I can embed the Gantt chart from Microsoft Project to do with this project into the document, and look, when when the Gantt chart changes, then the text below the document changes. But that's the point. People mostly didn't get it. What I think is interesting, and this ought to be particularly interesting to you, John O'Bacon, is the word for this the word for this kind of um sort of a document sort of a presentation sort of a notes taking thing with lots of bits taken from different places and all woven together into a whole the word for this used to be multimedia and that's literally what your degree is in <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought we were going to keep that a secret. <laughs> What's the title of your degree? For for once in my life, I'm asking this as a serious thing. So not not I was just to, say, not just to take the piss out of the title of your degree. There's actually a know, legit reason for this. What's the, the title? Of it? In the in the twenty years that I've known you. <laughs> We've never had a conversation where you haven't taken the piss out of my degree. No, but this I is mean, a moment. It's legitimately for My degree, ladies and gentlemen, is in interactive multimedia communication. And that's what Coder is, right? Mm, I'm going to go, no. <laughs> I Mr. Vote, Garcia no. is unconvinced. If you're, if you're <laughs> pulling unconvinced. in data from lots of different sources and using it to construct a document which helps you understand things and helps other people understand things, that is all of multimedia, but by definition, because it's multi-sources. It's interactive because, you know, you can you can add a button which adds a row and all that, exactly that sort of thing you're saying. And it's about communicating. This is literally your degree subject, man. I, yeah, it's just a shame that my expertise that I was taught with my degree was Macromedia Director. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have two questions to try to reel this back in a little bit. Uh, what did you build? You said you used it, Ack, for a little while, just kind of in, in anticipation and research for the show. What did you build in, in Notion? So I did two things. Um, I've got one document, which is um, it's called uh, – uh, notes about Notion or words to that effect. Well, it's basically went, what happens if I had this and what does this do and so on. And it's got my notes for this show. So, <clears throat> um, uh, so it's got notes in here saying things like analytics are enabled by default because they are critical to our business. You may withdraw your consent to analytics by emailing. And then it says dash dash not encouraging <laughs> next to it and a bunch of other notes. <laughs> but this is not a notion review. So I'm not going into that. Um, I, I kind of want to pivot the show to notion review based on that very small <laughs> no, sample I'm, size. I'm, but, I'm actually well, very interested. It says, <laughs> down the, it says down the bottom here, this is what the WordPress editor wants to be when it grows up. Um, which um, I, 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 I stand by that, I have to say. Um, and then the second one is I'm, uh, I'm reworking uh, the documentation for a company uh, at the moment, and I've used it to pull in lots of different um, notes and things from various different places. I haven't tried the embedding stuff because I'm not using any of the apps that they support embedding with, and I don't really need to. It's not a big enough deal for Figma designs or whatever. But I've tried to um, uh, pull t- – unfortunately, I can't share it with anybody because it's all, you know, super-duper NDA stuff. <laughs> Otherwise, I might do. Um, right. But I did find it semi-useful to be able to pull things in. And, and as I say, it's got a pleasant user experience. I just – I don't think I found it significantly more useful than I would have done doing the same thing in a Word document. So given your admittedly short experience, I mean, we're talking about a week here. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Given, given that amount of experience, is it a something, whether it's Notion or Coder, which one doesn't matter, is this space something you would consider for personal projects, for work projects, both, neither? I guess th- my question distilled is, did that one week of experience lead you to believe that this is a space that for you is compelling? Yes, it's, no. It, it's, it's not compelling for me, but I'm always conscious that I might know too much to use this kind of tool. Um, yes. Because, because I'm a developer, anytime I use any piece of software, um, and because of, you know, I do architecture and things like that, I, I can't avoid thinking about the diagrams on the whiteboard that led to this thing being created. 
Um, so I may not be able to step back with enough reserve to say this is more useful to me than a Word document was. As I say, I, I have attempted to articulate that I think there is – I don't know if there's a real problem that needs solving here. I do think there's lots of people who think that there's a real problem that needs solving here. But because no one's actually managed it, I've not actually seen it solving anybody's problem yet. I think this is the um, the the second or third or fourth or fifth or tenth or twentieth attempt, not Notion specifically, but the current world with Notion and Code or whatever. Um, right. This is the twentieth attempt to solve this idea. People seem desperately to believe that pulling everything together into one place is a good solution. But because I've never seen anyone pull it off properly, I'm not actually convinced it's a problem. <laughs> so you're not sure that they're good or bad implementations. You're not convinced that the problem space is what it's... I'm not, I'm not convinced that the problem space is necessarily real. In the, I but... think you, you've got people who are using it and using it quite successfully. But if this had never existed... I don't think those people would have gone, oh, well, then I just can't organize anything now because no tool for me exists. Yeah, so but then you, could say that, you, you could say that about anything with technology. When anything new in technology, you know, arises, there's always an argument of saying, well, if this didn't exist, like, what are we really losing? The point of technology is to help move the normal forward, right? Like, I think that in the same way that you could have said, well, you know, when Google Docs first appeared, and that was collaboration between different documents, you could have said, "Well, you know, ah, it's perfectly fine for people to be able to, you know, do 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 use the collaborative tools in that, Word and just email I documents think, back." That I think is what's different because uh, a multiple simultaneous document collaboration was was an actual revolutionary technological step, and yeah, it existed before. You had things like Etherpad or Gobby or whatever, but they obviously weren't for end users. Google Docs solved that problem. I don't see the notion certainly is doing anything any more radical than Word is already doing. I don't see what else it brings, or or Google Docs. If you know, if the issue is collaboration, then I don't see it's doing anything that Google Docs wasn't already doing. I think there's massive things that are different. So I was going to say, let, let's play point counterpoint here, Mr. Bacon. You you clearly see some value in the space, if not specifically Coda, I think in the space in general, given yeah. that you invested in Coda. Yeah. What is your counterpoint there that you see that this is truly, uh, not just Coda specifically is a good solution, but that the problem space is an interesting problem space that yeah. needs to be solved? So I think part of the reason why I'm excited about it is that I think we're dealing with massive levels of information more and more um, um and that and that information is coming from many many different sources as we covered a couple of shows ago you know people are using saas services they're using google services um all kinds of you know salesforce all kinds of different platforms so their data lives in different places and then you've got different teams who have different things that they need to do. Like as we've already discovered many times, you know, the, the norms of how a design team work together is very different to the norms of how an engineering team works together, for example. So I think we're going to see more tools where you can carve out. I actually think collaborative workspaces is about the best thing I can think I could think of as in terms of the options out there. You know, that's what I think Coder are defining it as. Um I think that makes sense. It's essentially it's a it's a blank canvas where you can say this view is intended for this particular audience 
and there's a consolidation of data behind it, right? And I think that it's going to make people working together, it's going to make it a lot easier. Like I would argue today, certainly from a lot of the clients I work with, where they're just trading Google documents backwards and forwards and where data lives in different places and people having to cut and paste information from one place to another, it's not only clunky, but it also doesn't optimize how we work together for the right kind of audience. What I like about these kinds of platforms is um, is that you can design ways in which people can work with each other in a way that's natural to the different audiences instead of forcing everybody into the same bucket, into the same workflow. It's like, again, like getting, like asking designers, for example, to submit GitHub issues. Like it's just not, it's just not a natural thing. And this is and where, I think that's where Confluence fell down, for example, which is another attempt right. to do the same thing. So I was just going to say, in any point that I've seen large knowledge management projects fail, it's not the tooling where they failed. It's how to structure the content, what should be included, where should it be included, what's the taxonomy, what's right. the hierarchy. And Coda and Notion, from what I can see, don't actually address that at all. And Confluence is a good example of something that allows you to structure things any way you like, and in that any way you like, usually there be dragons, at least in my well, experience. Well, let me, let, let, me give you, let me give you a uh, an example, right? So um, I would say that Rahul's blog post about the um, product market fit thing, I think is, that is something that's, that's new, right? I have not been able to see that kind of like where you, where you consume a piece of content and information, you can actually interact with it and play with it. And that's going to, sorry, I know I use the word content missile. <laughs> Um, but I, you, I you, disagree with you because I think you've seen it a bunch of times. What Coda is doing is allowing you to build it more easily because the thing you've seen is things like the New York Times, for example, does data visualizations all the time. Oh, sure. Where you've got an but article really, with a yeah, thing really and you can drag it. stuff around. And if, if the answer is that Coda is good at creating those things and opens up the ability to create that to yeah. a bunch more people who aren't a web development team like the NYT have got, then I totally buy that. Well, but yeah, that's I mean, we, not we, what it's being pitched as. No, 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 no. But we, <laughs> we cannot, like we said earlier on, we cannot compare it to people being able to, like anything that is being done in any of these tools, you could write code in a bespoke way to build that thing, right? If yeah, you've got yeah, enough yeah. time and energy and money, you could do that. What I'm talking about is... I think that when you look at tools like Coder and Notion, they're intended for people like us. They're intended for people who are working in information fields, who've got a lot of information that they have to care about and want to simplify how they can how they can work with it. And I think on one side of things, you get, you can create those kinds of interactive blog posts. But another side, just to use my own personal example of how I'm using Coder with managing my business, instead of me having, like I used to have in Google Docs, 10 different documents scattered all over the place like butchering the use of Google spreadsheets to manage things like invoicing and, and whatever else. I've got one single code document with everything in it. So is the benefit then collaborative workspaces or personal workspaces done better? Because those are, to me, two way different problem sets. I think, it's, I think it's both because I think on one hand, for me as an individual running my business, I can see everything in one place where it's much more natural and... Um, well-designed around that specific thing. So for example, I was using a to-do list for me was was a text editor with things added to it. And I tried using things like Todoist and whatever else, but it just didn't naturally fit with my brain. 
I was able to carve something out that's much, much more natural in Coda. But then on the other hand, for example, when I'm working with my assistant, her view is completely different to what I'm seeing. So I think it kind of works both ways. Um, Here is a question for you. Um, because I, I, I'm absolutely pegged by that. I mean, one of the things that Notion has got is a billion templates for things. And that's yeah. useful, that's useful in itself. I mean, I'm sure there are, I think they've got a task list one built in, but there are a zillion other templates and I'm sure that's useful. Um, to be honest with you, there are too many. It's bewildering. So you don't know which one to use. This is where but, he espouses the benefits of org mode for Emacs. Uh, it certainly is not. Um, <laughs> um, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, I mean, so there is um, a certain amount of value in, or a certain amount you can do with that that doesn't have to be built into the tool. It's about providing you with documents which do it. So your um, to-do list, for example, you say, you know, Coda had that built in. But if say there was a Google Doc template, which under the covers is just a, you know, a Word document or whatever, but it's giving you a nice, convenient um, list and there's checkboxes in it. That to me seems like a thing which could be solved by a template. So my question to you is, if I put you in charge of the Google Docs team and I said to you, okay, this Coder and Notion thing, they're eating our lunch, right? They've got a cool new thing. What I want you to do is to make the smallest number of changes possible to Google Docs as an ecosystem that will allow them to work like this and solve your problems, John O'Bacon. Yeah. What's the list of changes? Because from my point of view, I don't think even to solve your problems, it would be that much. Instead of having – I'll tell you what I think would be needed, and then you can tell me why I'm wrong, right? Yeah. I feel like, first of all, an individual Google Doc is very separate from every other Google Doc, and your view of all of your documents is basically, here's a file system view, and that's it, right? So some better way of how, I mean, yes, they've got folders, woo, but it's file system view, right? Whereas if right. they had some way of pulling multiple documents together into a project in some better way, so you had an overview, and you had a decent set of templates for documents. So if you want so a to-do list or um, a reading list or a set of notes or a research document or a proposed paper or a video collaboration essay or whatever, if they had those things as pre-existing templates for existing docs, I think if you did both of those things, you could make Google Docs Collaborative Workspaces Edition relatively easily but i'm interested in what you've seen that you think would be hard to do in google docs let me give you an example yeah that exists today of something that i think would be very very difficult to create in google docs and that you would need to do a lot of engineering to rebuild in google docs right, right? yeah so for example i spend a bit of time building out different target audience personas for what i'm doing more and more content these days right so i figured out three different I audience personas you. right i hope <laughs> I, 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 you get i don't know some horrific disease <laughs> <laughs> so i was sitting down like and i was thinking who are the people i want to create content for and i came up with three different audience targets right and they, they're interested in very very different things i created a template for each of these different audience targets and there's a little table in there so when i'm thinking about what what kind of things do they struggle with what kind of things are their goals what do they want to go for I can then dump in ideas for content for in each of those different templates, right, in, the, in that table. So when I'm thinking, for example, from the perspective of a community manager, 
right? And I'm coming up with content ideas that I w- might want to put out there. I'm typing ideas into that table. My mind is in that audience, that specific audience persona mindset, right? And I do the same thing for the other ones. Like when I'm thinking from the perspective of someone who's a founder of a company, right? The kind of things they're interested in when it comes to community, completely, completely different. So I'm in that mode. Now, what happens is all of those different data sets where I'm typing those content ideas, aggregate together into a big list, a big list. uh, They're all in one place, right? And that's useful. However, what I want to see is I want to see which of these things I'm going to prioritize in which order. So I render that as a Kanban view, right? So I can see the data is now rendered as a Kanban. However, for my assistant, she's not just thinking about that content, but other things as well. Her view is a calendar view. It takes those same that same data source in a different code, like a different part of the coder doc, and she can look at it as a calendar. But that calendar is not just looking at those the data from that table. It's also pulling in other things like meetings and appointments and other bits and pieces. So she can look at one thing and if everything's in one place, I can look at one thing in terms of the work that, that I want to do. And when I'm coming up with the brainstorming and the ideas, I can go into each of these different, uh, each, each of these different audience persona documents and add ideas in there. So I can't think of a way in which you could do that I, as easily. I, I, in, I would in agree Google with Doc. that. D- did it do all that for you? No, I built it. No, but th- this is what I'm saying, right? So, um, it's not like you can just create a bunch of things with dates and it automatically goes, here's a Kanban view of all your stuff with dates. Here's a calendar view of all your stuff with dates. I mean, you, what you, you do have, is you create the Kanban view and you say, you create a new view table. based on the field that is a date. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's relatively easy to do then is my point. It's easy for me to create. I mean, I, yeah. I created the structure of this in probably 10 minutes. Yeah. So, so you had to do some engineering, but the point is it's engineering, which is available to normal people to do. I it's mean, not something you'd have to write code for. Cool. I wouldn't say it's engineering. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, using their yeah, product. Yeah. yeah, cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you then. That's that's a really good example of something which I think that would be hard to do. If someone came to me and said, we want something which does this, and we're all based in Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Slides, whatever, make it happen for us, I'd end up building a custom view with AppScript, I think, which is exactly the sort of thing you said, which is not available to normal people. Well, and the thing is as well is, and I think this is important, and then this kind of leads into like we were talking about, like how do you how do you market this or sell this to people? Because it's a complicated concept. There's a couple of, I think there's some nuances I want to touch on here. First of all, you know, we talked in the episode about um, about uh, how we like paper and pens, right? Yes. And we talked about the remarkable two and everything. For me, when I'm in that, I know it sounds silly, but when I'm in that, looking at that one target audience persona right and i'm thinking of content ideas for me looking in that document at the you know the kind of things that they're struggling with the things that what their goals are what kind of topics they're interested in it gets me creatively going in terms of coming up with content ideas because i'm in that mode it's kind of like me sitting outside with a piece of paper and a pencil and thinking about oh that one that one audience member right so to be able, that first of all is where I found Cody useful is that I was able to shape a view that kept some of these distractions out. But the other thing is, is that looking, if I was to do this in Google Docs, I'd have a spreadsheet for all of the different content ideas. And I'd probably put the target, like the target date of when it's going to go out there and who the audience member, it's all consolidated in one place in the Google Doc. It's all like that one table view. That isn't helpful to me. So the fact that I can render that 
into like a Kanban table is very useful to me. But if my assistant was to look at the Kanban table, that wouldn't make any sense for her. So she could look at a completely different view. So I think that's where me going through and walking through the example, it now probably makes sense. But how this is the challenge that I think Coder and Notion have got. How do you explain that to normal people? Like without a big example. What you're describing is collaboration. But what everyone thinks collaboration means is two people get edit the same document at the same time. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, we are, so we are in a position, and I think this is, so some of the reason that I don't necessarily find it as useful as you would do is that I don't do as much collaboration as you do. Right? Right. Um, but I think more importantly, as you say, if your product pitch takes 15 minutes for someone to explain and then you go oh yeah i kind of get it at the end no one buys your thing <laughs> not if not if your target audience is normal people you know i mean if if your target audience is aircraft designers and you have a thing which takes them half, takes half an hour to explain and they go i can see how that's a lot better than vector works or whatever it is i'm using at the moment then okay cool <laughs> But I, well, people who are actually aircraft designers do not write in and go, "We don't use SolidWorks." Shut up! Right? I get that. <laughs> well, this is the this is the challenge I think people that, that companies like Coda and Notion have got, which is when Google Docs first first came out, which I would probably argue is you touched on it earlier on, Act like that was a pretty big revolution in documents, right? Because it was the you could all be looking at the same document. Um, and editing it but, at the same time. Yeah, that was, the, bit, that was time. the big thing. And to be honest with you, this, I think, is the only reason people use Google Docs today. Uh, apart, from the fact, uh, apart from the general it's in the cloud so I can get it from every device and I don't have to back it up thing, which is not exactly yeah. unique to Google Docs. But the, right. th the reason people say if they're trying to work together on a document, they'll open google docs to do it because you can both edit it at the same time other than that people yeah. who reach for google docs routinely for any document they do are people who've already made the decision everything i do is going to be in google docs they're not doing because it it's the best tool they're doing it because everything i do is in google docs that's just where i put it rather than well, on my file thought, system what i thought was genius about google docs is that they made each of the different document types do enough for 90% of users. Yes. And yep. and because it looked and felt like something you were familiar with in Word or LibreOffice or whatever, it wasn't a big leap to figure out how it works. Now, the challenge, just to give you an example with Coda, I've not used Notion. When you load up a Coda document, it looks like a Google Doc. It's got like the little formatting buttons at the top, nowhere near as many. But then as you start playing around with it, and similar to, to, the, to WordPress, you can, you can click the little plus icon and add no, box in Notion there. looks like Gutenberg. Right. That was my first immediate thought. It looks like a new WordPress creator page. page. Right. So I think the challenge that they've got is, is using my example, right? That part of the reason why, again, I like these kinds of platforms is that that example that I gave you is incredibly specific to me. Right. Well, I can go and buy a piece of off-the-shelf software yeah. that that delivers that, and but I can create that in these platforms. You were platforms. able to create it. What but, I, th what I think is interesting. Just, oh, go on, go on, go on. Just just to finish off briefly, a somebody understanding how to use the tool is one thing, but b understanding that you can create those kinds of things and what that looks like for the individual user 
I think is the real question. And to your point, Ak, there's loads of templates in Coda as well. Yeah, I bet there is. But it's figuring out, okay, how do I design something in my head and then how and then how do I put it into action in one of these tools? I think that's a that's a complicated thing to well, get over. Here is my counter pitch, right? Which is not necessarily something you want to hear as an investor and certainly not something that the coder people want to hear, but maybe this is a really good tool for people who have this problem, but it's not actually that common a problem. I think part of the thing is, part of the, hey, collaborative workspaces allow you to subsume all your stuff, is they're intentionally trying to convince the whole world that they need this thing. And maybe actually, most people really don't need it. But people who do need it at least a bit need it a lot and will find it incredibly useful. And like you, for example. But I, I think that's part of why I push back against this is because they're a startup and they want a trillion dollars, right? They have to pitch their thing as everyone in the world will be using this two years from now. That's our hockey stick business plan. But that actually, Maybe it is an, it is a brilliantly useful tool for people who are pulling in data from multiple sources and want to be able to view the same data, um, from various different facets and also have other people who want to view that data with different facets again. And that's great for those people, but their audience is not the whole world. I don't think they're intending their audience to be the whole world. I think they're intending their audience to probably be the same kind of audience that Notion and Airtable and others are, which is businesses, probably primarily. Like Google Docs, I wouldn't even say that Google Docs has been targeting the whole world. Yeah. Um, it's not like it's not like Google Docs is generally in you don't see TV ads about Google Google Docs. But I think that they really have targeted businesses, and I would argue if you look at the the success of Airtable as one example, I think there's a lot of money and a lot of potential users out there for these. Google G Suite and Airtable specifically are both targeting enterprises. I don't even think they're targeting right. companies. They're targeting enterprises with enterprise-ish problems. This is yeah. where I can't well, tell if Coda and Notion are good for small businesses, good for people looking to do the th individuals looking to do the things that you're looking to do collaborating really with other individuals not even as teams but as two people oh, and that's the thing coda is a new doc for at least a doc singular a new doc for teams it says coda begins with a blinking cursor and grows as big as your team's ambition that's a if you're in a team you'll find this useful pitch yeah and i'm not necessarily sure that's the case getting back to product market fit it seems to me they're not sure where their product market fit is. Yet, yeah, that's still, good by putting it. Yeah, I mean, maybe. At least from my perspective. And Jono, you probably have a different perspective given you've already given them money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't give him money. Just loads of copies of people. <laughs> we just need to get them out of the garage. What, 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 what was your investment? You just sent them like a load of ice creams and went, on you go, lad. Forever, Keep it up. Forever, <laughs> furthermore known as the P round where you get paid in only people power. <laughs> Not a, it's not a great round. Um, I mean, I, I, I think they have a sense of their of their audience, um, but I do think that they're operating, they're building a product that I don't think anyone could 100% know 
the scope of where it could really fit in. Like, I think they know that if they if they can convince, I think they're targeting enterprises, and I think they're targeting probably smaller businesses too. I don't know if I'd agree with you, Jeremy, that that Google are just primarily targeting enterprises with with Google Docs and and Drive and everything. I think that they've priced it and they're focusing on. I think they they're very much focused on businesses like mine as well. You know, um, I I the, think more so than on enterprises because a whole bunch of enterprises be like, well, we can't store our stuff in Google Docs because it's on someone else's server somewhere else or whatever. Uh, that because it's Google, they kind of get a pass. There they do, from they do, they do kind large of. enterprises that I've seen. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not suggesting that enterprises are enterprises that will not put their data anywhere else. Seem to somehow use Gmail and G Suite. Uh, yes, yeah, and I, and I will give you that, but I certainly don't think they're targeting enterprises. I think, if anything. Um, if you're a big enterprise, then you've got some kind of document management system already, which is mandated upon you by the company, even though it was written in 2004 and is horrific. You know, ent- enterprises aren't using Google Docs because they've already got SharePoint and they're obliged to use it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, I mean, do you see, uh, as someone who invested, do you see as a potential issue? I'm trying to think of what to call it. So, we'll, like, I need to pithy the Google Wave problem. Where I think everyone agreed Google Wave was cool, but it didn't solve a problem in a way that resonated it in in a very Google way. Ended up getting shut down. Like, do you do you see this potentially as something that it's not that it isn't useful because I think you've definitely clearly found value yeah. and use in it. But if they're not able to convince enough people that that value is there, like at some point they run out of money. Do you think there's that potential there? I think what they're doing is easier to understand. And, and is more applicable and adds more value than Google Wave. However, I think the core of what you're asking, Jeremy, resonates with with my main concern. And I shared this with Code. I was like, I think you got a great product, but I think that you're going to need to figure out how to explain this in a way that people can immediately map into something that adds value to their world and more specifically solves a problem that they've got. I don't think people buy these kinds of tools because they think, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I did this new thing? I think they primarily will buy them and try them if they think, I can save time because of this thing. This is where I think Superhuman have done a good job, is that they're not trying to sell Superhuman to email, you know, to 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 people who want to do something dramatically new with email. They want to sell it to people who can save time with email and do it more efficiently. I think I think Wave is a really good comparison which i hadn't really thought of until we got into this discussion but after jerry mentioned it i mentioned it earlier and whatever because once when wave came out i didn't get it and then after it was explained to me i thought huh yeah i can i can see that yeah that does seem useful but and then i tried using it for a bit and didn't really get it and as far as I can tell, the UX also was a little miserable. Yeah, everyone else. Issue. Yeah, well, and some of it was the the fact that it was terrible. Um, but it's because, yeah, like you say, people. It seems to be sort of attempting to solve a problem that people sort of acknowledge that they've got, but it found no purchase. And I think there's, yeah, and exactly as you say, I think there's a risk that. This the new trend for collaborative workspaces is doing that. It does seem a sort of a shot in a direction or at a target which does seem to sort of exist, and <laughs> and people have attempted to solve this problem before and have been doing so. For, I mean, I, I'm still a little bit convinced that it's more 
a problem that people think ought to be there, the one that necessarily actually is there. But I'm totally prepared to believe, to take up your point from earlier, Jono, that if people have it explained to them properly in a way that they get it, that they will find it useful. That's the tricky thing. That's the tricky thing that I think... That's why I don't have any reservations about the usefulness of their product, which I think in many cases can be a problem if you're thinking about investing in a company. My main concern is I think they've got something really good. It's interfacing it with their audience in a way that they can understand where you've got one minute to get it over or you've got 30 seconds to get it over. Um, I think that's that's going to be the big challenge that they've got. And I do think we're at a position where it's it's probably better now than ever for a company like Coda or Notion because – People have been using collaborative documents now for a while. And as we touched on in that show, there's such a focus on integration now. Like it's very normal to buy a SaaS service and then integrate it with something else and have to figure out how these two pieces glue together. Mm. So if you can go and use a single canvas and glue all of these different pieces together, I think once you got that concept, then you can get a lot of value out of it. And I suspect that what will happen with Coda is they'll get a lot of customers who will stick with it for years. I see. But until they can figure out the, the marketing piece and get it out there and help people to understand it, they're going to always be trying to figure out how to explain it. That's going to be the key thing. Here is, here is an interesting um, uh, relationship back with Microsoft, right? Um, when they redid Word and they built the ribbon and everything, um, there was a, bu- there was oh, a yeah. bunch of discussion about what should be in the ribbon and which things do you surface. And people say, yeah, everyone only uses 10% of Microsoft Office, and the chap who was program manager, whose name was Jesper something, or four percent of it's always different. Yeah, exactly. His pitch was, yeah, um, everyone does only use ten percent, but most of the ten percent they use is different to everybody else's. So that's really hard. And yes, the integrations are really important, and it's relatively easy to do the top twenty. But then if you when you want to keep making it useful, tracking down the long tail, because if you want to use Coda or Notion and pull together all your stuff, but you're using a thing they don't integrate with, that's a deal breaker. Boom, you're gone. Right? So you yeah. spend the rest of your life integrating with more and more and more services. And each individual one that you do as the company is a bunch of work, provides zero value to most of your customers and only a little bit of value overall. And you become IFTTT or Zapier, who, I mean, Zapier, I'm sure, I don't know which, I don't actually remember which came first, IFTTT or Zapier, but I bet you whoever built that originally prototyped it in a weekend. And they've spent the next 20 years negotiating deals with more and more companies and building out the API and everything. And yeah, that improves the overall API surface, but it's long, hard work. There's an infinite amount of it, and it doesn't actually improve your product that much. You've just got to do it. Yeah, which is a miserable place to be in as a company when most people won't use you because they say, well, but you don't integrate with whatever it is that i use to draw things online or whatever you know you don't do lucid chart and we keep all our charts in lucid charts okay fine we'll do lucid chart and you've got to sit down and sign a partnership agreement with them and then you've got to assign your dev team to building the apis and you've got to stay on top of their apis when they change them and you've got to work out how that maps into your internal document structure and you do all that work and you john who don't use lucid chart at all They've spent three months building something which didn't improve the product for you one jot. And they've got to do that not once, but a thousand times. Yeah, And they've got to keep doing it. You've got to to stay on top of all the cool new trendy things. 
yeah, it's it's a dangerous model because it, you're you're in the business of the long tail of all of those yes. integrations. Whereas I think now more and more companies are just integrating directly with the most popular five things. Like every company that every service that I use, it all integrates with the same stuff. It's all Mailchimp, ConvertKit, Salesforce, because those are the biggest things, right? So, and this is one of the things that really super duper annoys new competitors into the space because you say, okay, I've built. Uh, something. Imagine you build something which is like Mailchimp but loads better, which would be hard because Mailchimp's pretty good. But it's, it's, called, it's called convert. <laughs> right. Mailchimp is dog shit. <laughs> but you get in there and everyone says, "Well, we can't use you because you don't plug into this, you don't plug into this, you don't plug into this." You say, "But I've got a much better product." So you've now got to build a product and then convince everyone to integrate with you, which they won't do until you've got customers. We can't get customers to do the integration. You know, chicken, egg, egg, chicken. Um, which was exactly the same problem that people have when they're like, but everyone uses Word documents. It's not fair. We can't build an alternative yeah. to Word because everyone's already using Word documents. Now it's everyone's using Salesforce data. So it just entrenches the people at the top at the top. Well, gentlemen, I think we should wrap this up because uh, this is possibly the longest segment we've ever done. Well, um. Yes. And we thought, <laughs> we weren't sure, listeners, whether this was good. We deliberately decided to record this bit first because we weren't sure whether it was going to be like 15 minutes or a lot longer. And and now and now it's the whole and show. But I think it's a really yeah. interesting And topic. we could, frankly, go on for a lot longer. So, um, yeah. Oh, good. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I mean, speaking as three people who spend all day staring at doctors. <laughs> Well, I, I, I spend half my day staring into a text editor, but the other half staring into documents. It's kind of a document, but yes. Uh, yeah, so. um, this is this is relevant to our interests. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> people of the internet, go and let us know what you think. Have you tried Notion or Coda? Uh, have you played around with Airtable? Are you still using TiddlyWiki? You used TiddlyWiki or TickyWiki <laughs> or um, Twicky or oh. Twixy? I don't know. Um, and yeah, let us know what you think. Are you using these? Do you think it makes sense? Um, did, is there something we didn't cover that we should have covered? Go into the Slack channel and let us know what you think. Uh, yeah. Interestingly, how do you think this should be pitched? Have, are you sitting out there with the brilliant explanation that makes everybody get it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's... If you have, don't, don't, don't tell us. Ring up Coda. And this is not the thing with the guy with the matchbox, right? Matchbox. Where he goes to, you know, I heard this story. Bloke goes to um, Swan Vesta, the people who make oh, man, matches. Going back in Swan like Vesta. 1921 or something and says, here's the deal. I'll tell you something which will uh, double your profits overnight. And they went, okay, great. Tell us. He's, no, no, you have to pay me 10000 And they said yes to this, right? this deal. <laughs> this guy wanders in off the streets. Well, uh, 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 yeah, well, Swan I mean, Vesta still around. obviously this is what this is uh, urban <laughs> okay. legend story. But, but we'll, they, we'll, we'll presume but, this happened. Um, yep. Yeah, presume that presume this happened, and they say, "Okay, we'll take a risk. Here you go." And he said, "Only put the sandpaper on one side of the box." Ah. Uh. And yeah, this is this is the thing. So if you've got the way to sell these things, don't tell us. Ring up Coda and tell them I don't understand how to explain this. As uh, and that's your big weakness, as Bad Voltage have already <laughs> outlined, which you listen to. Pay me a hundred thousand dollars and I'll tell you the answer, and then tell us afterwards. <laughs> By the way, um, that sounds like the opposite of the Alka Seltzer story. 
Ah, now, I was going to tell the Alka-Seltzer story. Tell the Alka-Seltzer story, story before we wrap up, because this is a good one. <laughs> um, uh, the Alka-Seltzer story is not about um, someone coming up with a genius idea. It's just out-and-out exploitative marketing. You've got to yeah. laugh about it. Um, Alka-Seltzer came up with a way of doubling their money overnight. Um, not by doing anything about the product or anything. They just made their slogan, Plink, Plink, Fizz. Because before that, everyone only took one. And then everyone started taking two, and they sold twice as many alcohols. <laughs> I mean, this only works once. Half the problem with this is, I suppose that's semi-sensible back in the Mad Men days of advertising. If you did that today, um, and like Silicon Valley found out about it, then 10 years from now, Alka-Seltzer's slogan would be, plink, 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 fizz. And that would be a problem. But yes. So, go tell Coda, then tell us. By the way, Coda, I'd just like it noted for the record, he is encouraging random people of the internet to call up and suggest how you can run your business, not me, okay? Hey, I'm, tr- I'm trying to help your investment, man. And on that bombshell. It is time to wrap up. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. It was a good time. Um, gentlemen, it's always a pleasure. Well, it's, actually, it's never a pleasure what we're talking about, but it was okay. <laughs> I've come to regard you as people I met. Good night. Goodbye. Recording. <coughs> now also recording. Oh, um, <laughs> remind me, um, you're prepared to mention that you've invested in Coda, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to just intro this? Yeah, you're, you're, listed, the story. you're listed as introing it on the list. Am I? Well, the first word in the description is Jono. Yeah, that... <laughs> I mean, if you like, I can... This is not how words work. I can describe how you invested in it, if you like, but I feel I'm less informed on this than others. This is for Maris's benefit. The first line (laughs) says, Jono invested in Coda, not Jono introduces the segment. (laughs) Dude, it begins with the word Jono. I don't see what more proof you need. (laughs) I didn't didn't make the rules of English. That's just the way it is. Take it out with Webster or something.